0: Well, after I became a Christian, shortly thereafter, we would hang out and spend a lot of time at our youth pastor's house. and. Uh, His wife, Mary, was an amazing, wonderful person, and she would incorporate us into everything that's going on in the family. It's like we were just integrated into what was happening, And, and I remember you saw it all. You saw the good, the bad, the ugly, and I remember when she would have to discipline her kids for doing something wrong, and she had this phrase that she'd always say that stuck in my head and never quite left me. When the kids would need discipline, she would say to them, it sounds like you need to get your heart right. Or it looks like you need to get your heart right. Why don't you go spend some time and get your heart right? I think as adults we need to get our heart right sometimes as well, right? And I think when we think through that, I think the call for a Christian is to be in tuned with what's happening with your heart, not your physical heart, but just your spiritual heart. What's going on inside of you? What's happening? I think. As a Christian, we have to always be in tune with what's going on in our heart, the condition of our heart. And if there's sin there, we repent. But what do you do when there's pain there? What do you do when there's hurt there? What do you do when there's stress there and anxiety there and this thing that kind of weighs you down? Thankfully, God knew that that would be the case as we walk through this life, and he gave us this beautiful gift called Lament. And we are in the middle of a four-part series uh, looking at this gift called lament. And the series is called From Tears to Trust because that's what this gift of lament does. It moves us from the pain in our hearts and the things we're dealing with to a place of trust in God. And there's a four-part practice in lament of four different stages that we see in Scripture uh, from turning to God, to complaint, to ask, to trust. And as we process through this gift that God gave us called lament, we can take our hearts from tears to trust. And that's what we want to look at today. Last week we covered turn. And so today we're going to cover the process of complaint. And some of you may say, amen. Do you know how cold it is out there? I have lots to complain about. So we're looking at this process of complaint as we go through this. There's a book that's been helping me and helping us as a church in this called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy by Pastor Mark Vrogop. We're looking at the Psalms throughout this series, but this is kind of like a commentary that that I've been using as I study through. Uh, This book has been such a gift to me because what I found is when you walk through this process of lament, even if it's not like you're going through pain, just walking through this process in your time with God brings you closer to Him. It like brings a relationship about. It makes it more about the heart connection than about a mental exercise. And so it's been a gift, and I hope that you've been enjoying this series as we get going. We see through Scripture this process of lament. So if you have a Bible, I encourage you to turn it on or open it to Psalm 10 as we dive into complaint. Uh, Psalm 10, the Psalms are kind of in the middle here. We'll look at Psalm 10, and before we dive into our scripture, I want to give you a little bit of information about this thing called complaint, because lots of us have different ideas of what this means and what it's about. Godly complaint is a little bit different than what we thought. We might be feeling puzzled, in fact, when we hear this, thinking about it towards our relationship with God, because we've been taught that complaining is wrong it's bad. We're not supposed to complain. In fact, in Philippians chapter 2, 14, it says never to complain. Some of you parents are saying, Pastor Dan, don't say it's okay to complain. You're taking away one of my parental tools from my kid. It's like we say, hey, hey, we're not supposed to be complainers. But is complaining always wrong? Keyword always. Always. I don't think that's true, because when we look through the Psalms, especially these lament Psalms that we're talking about, we see a lot of complaining. In fact, not only do we see complaining, they took complaining and they wrote a worship song about it in the Psalms. Psalms are songs of worship, and we see that in songs of worship to God, there's complaint. So there's definitely an ungodly complaining that has no use and purpose that we should refrain from, but there is a godly complaining. There is a godly opening up our hearts to God. There's a right kind of complaining and a wrong kind of complaining, and today we're going to focus on the right kind of complaining. And the statement I love is, godly complaining and lament leads you to the heart of God. Godly complaining and lament leads you to the heart of God because it causes you to get real. It causes you to be honest. And we see in the Psalms complaints about sorrow and fear and frustration and loss and confusion. The psalmist was very honest about what's going on in their hearts, towards God, and as they're honest about what's going on in their hearts towards God, there's an intimacy and a connection with God that can take place that I would say can't, can't, can't take place any other way when we get that honest with God. Now I want to clarify, I'm not giving you permission to be angry with God, to give God a dump and a rage and to rage against God in anger. I believe that's sinful. It's sinful to say, God, I'm so angry at you. Who do you think you are? However, to say, God, this really hurts. I don't know what you're doing. What is going on? That's okay. That's truthful because we don't know what's going on. We don't know why in his sovereignty he's allowing some of these painful things to happen. There's a place for honest, godly complaint Lament and godly complaint is new to some of us, and it's something we have to get used to and practice in because we're not very good at this. We're not very good at this thing called lament, probably because not many people have talked about this, but it's such a holy process, and it's something that every Christian should adopt because when we encounter pain and hurt as Christians, yea, as humans, we typically have two responses— there's typically two typical responses. The first one is anger. We typically just get angry. We create the self-made prison of bitterness inside of our hearts. We get angry and we make decisions. We close people off. We say we're not going to do that. And the pain turns to rage. And it just hangs on our soul like a curtain. It makes us quick to hurt others in different reactions. It has a negative effect on our relationship with God and our relationship with those that are closest to us. So anger is a typical thing we do, we move into, and it's not just the emotion of anger, there's nothing wrong with the emotion of anger, but it's this deep-seated bitterness that hangs there, is what I'm getting at. The second way we typically deal with pain is denial. How you doing? Oh, I'm fine. We put on this happy face and we pretend like nothing's wrong and it's so fake because you know what that's like? It's like taking a beach ball in a swimming pool and putting it under the water and holding it there. It's going to pop up somewhere before you know it, and it usually pops up in the wrong spot. Denial doesn't work. It doesn't make the pain go away. It just stacks on what's happening, and then what happens is we begin to live a lie. We get to live less than authentic of what God wants us to be. The gift of lament offers us something better than both those, better than anger, better than denial, and it leads to wholeness and healing. Through godly complaint, we are able to express our hurt and our disappointments and move toward God. You see, lament is how those who know God deal with their pain. How those who know God deal with their pain. See, God gave us this gift. And we complain because we know who God is. We know what he can do. Complaining doesn't mean that you don't believe in God. If you didn't believe in God, you wouldn't even bother wasting your time complaining. You're complaining because you're saying, God, here's where I'm at, but I know what you can do. Why aren't you doing it? The author of that book, Mark Vrogoff, said this Lament is the language of a people who believe in God's sovereignty, but live in a world of tragedy. Isn't that true? They believe in the sovereignty of God. God, we know you're in control, we know that you control all things, but yet, We live in this world of tragedy, and how do we bring our hearts to get to the spot where we can connect those two things together? The process called lament. That's what brings those things together. In fact, in his book, Pastor Mark Vrograp was saying while he was writing this chapter, here's what he was dealing with as a pastor. He said he just finished a funeral for a wonderful man who died of a heart attack. He checked in with a teen who's fighting bone cancer, he prayed for a woman who has to face her rapist in court. He talked with a woman who is pregnant and was just diagnosed with breast cancer. He prayed for a young woman whose dad tried to take his life. And every single one of these people were devoted Christians in his church. And they all believe that God is in control, but they're experiencing very, very difficult things in this life. What do you do with that? God gave us this thing called Lament that's a gift. Think for a moment. How have you dealt with your pain in the past? Before you even had this thing called lament on your radar, maybe some of you did, but how did you deal with the pain that comes into your life? We're going to see right now that God gives us a better way, and we're going to walk through it together. So let's look at Psalm 10. Uh, This psalm is dealing with an un resolved evil something happened we don't know exactly what but there was an injustice that happened and the psalmist that's writing this is upset because uh, the psalmist sees all these people that do evil things and it seems like their lives are perfect it seems like they the only ones that go through difficult and hard times are those who are christians And the psalmist has a hard time with that. And so he's complaining about that. He's bringing that out. Some lament psalms deal with personal pain. Some deal with national crisis. We don't know what's going on exactly in this psalm, but there's some sort of unresolved evil that uh, the psalmist sees. And on top of that, he sees the people who commit this evil have their life all together, and it's like a cakewalk. And he's bringing that complaint before God. So let's look at Psalm 10, verse 1. Lord, why do you stand so far away? Why do you hide in times of trouble? The psalmist starts by bringing questions to God. It feels like God is nowhere to be found. Look at that first word, Lord, all capitalized. That's God's sacred name given to, uh, that God gave the people of Israel. He first gave it to Moses when he said, I am the people of Israel held that name so sacred they wouldn't even say it. It's the Yahweh form. And he's saying, God, this God who did all these amazing things, who led his people uh, out of Egypt, who performed all these miracles, who is the deliverer, that God, why do you stand far away? Why are you not here? Do you feel that? This God that was delivering, this God they talked about that did all these amazing things, this God that can, there's nothing in the world that can stop this God. This God picked us up and carried us through all this hard time, and now it feels like you're gone. Where did you go? Have you ever felt like God is nowhere to be found? Has the pain in your life been at such a place or the, even just a distant feel from God been at such a place where you feel like God is nowhere to be found and he doesn't seem like he wants to help I know I have I think we've all been there and if not we will all get there at some point point. and then look at verse 2 in arrogance the wicked he starts talking about the wicked who have their lives all together in arrogance they relentlessly pursue their victims let them be caught in the schemes they devise you're not doing anything so now it moves from God feeling far away and disinterested to God, you're intentionally avoiding me in the situation. In verses 1 and 2, we see this word hiding. God, why do you hide in times of trouble? In the Bible, when you see the word hiding, it can mean what we think, like concealed or hidden, but it can also mean withdrawn or ignoring or fake. Do these questions towards God make you feel uneasy? They should. This is, he's basically saying, God, you're not acting like God. And that goes against what we've been taught. God, you're not matching with who we know you are and what we've seen you do. If it doesn't bother us, then we're not totally understanding what the psalmist is saying. The psalmist is not just struggling with his pain. He's also struggling with God's lack of action and God not getting involved. Pain is one thing, but God not getting involved in doing something, that creates something else. It creates the situation called complaint. Complaint is helpful because it speaks what is truly happening in our heart. It speaks what we need to hear. Complaint gives voice to the, and expression to the hard questions inside of us, the big ones and the small ones. And it can carry us through every sorrow of life. We can bring our complaints before God if, as they relate to unfulfilled longings, to loneliness, to an ailing physical body, to a difficult boss, to a job loss, to financial issues, to a broken engagement, to a loss of a loved one, to a difficult marriage, to infertility, to a cancer diagnosis, a failed adoption, an unfaithful spouse, wayward children, and on and on and on and on. We can take those things before God. The longer we live in this life, the more pain we will see. And here's the thing, what makes us hard. God can intervene. He has the power to change it. But there are many times that he doesn't. And that is the place where we need lament. That is the place where as God's people, the only true right response is lament. We need a place to express that. In the Bible, you can usually spot complaint happening with two questions. The Psalms, as you go through, when you see these two questions, usually they're always lament. One is a why question. When you see the Bible's asking why questions, especially in the Psalms, that's a complaint in lament. Wake up, O Lord. Why are you sleeping? Get up. Don't you reject us forever? Why do you hide and forget our affliction and oppression in Psalm 44? There's the why questions. The other other way you can identify a lament psalm and complaint is through how questions. Psalm 13, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? The psalmist is voicing his complaint, saying, how how long? How and why questions in the psalms are often laments of complaint, bringing complaint to God. Do you know what's so great about complaint and lament? Do you know what is so... Helpful about this thing called complaint and this process called lament, the painful questions that were once barriers between us and God now become the very thing that draws us closer to God. When you can be honest with God about what you're going through and you don't have to fake it and put on this air of nothing touches me, but you can be gut-level honest with him and pour out your heart before him in complaint, all those questions of why this is happening and all those things, they are actually what brings you closer to the heart of God. What you thought was this barrier that separated you is now the very pathway you take to get to the Father's heart our complaining questions are the doorway to bring us closer to god the psalmist was not just bringing questions but also frustrations look at verses 3 and 4 of psalm 10 it says for the wicked one boasts about his own cravings the one who is greedy curses and despises the lord We're the ones that follow you, God, but they could care less about you, and look at what's happening with them. In all of his scheming, the wicked person arrogantly thinks there's no accountability since there is no God. Again, he's saying he's outraged. He said, God, it looks like these people have just this wonderful life. They don't even think you're around, and what they did was unjust. Look at verse 5. His ways, not talking about God, he's talking about the wicked person, his ways are always secure. Their life is great. Your lofty judgments have no effect on him. He scoffs at all his adversaries. For a long time, God, nothing happens to them. Look at verse 6. He says to himself, I will never be moved from generation to generation without calamity. I can live however I want because God isn't going to come and do anything. I could. You guys talk about this God that's going to hurt me because I do bad things. I can do whatever I want, generation to generation. Nothing's going to happen. That's what this guy is saying these people are like, and he's letting God have it. He's just pouring out his heart to God. And then add insult to injury." Uh, to injury they go about cursing with violence look at verses 7 to 10 cursing deceit and violence fill his mouth trouble and valice are under his tongue he waits in ambush near settlements and he kills the innocent in secret places his eyes are on the lookout for the helpless he lurks in secret like a lion in a thicket he lurks in order to seize a victim he seizes a victim and drags him into the net So he is oppressed and beaten down. Helpless people fall because of the wicked one's strength. God, it almost looks like they're stronger than you. Where are you? You see how almost poetically this psalmist complains to God about what he's seeing. And then look what happens. First, let's go back to verse 11. He says to himself, God has forgotten. He hides his face and will never see And then look at verse 12, rise up, Lord God, lift up your hand. The psalmist right there moves from complaint to ask. He gets done with his complaint and in the process of lament goes to ask, rise up, O God. You see, it's good when we're in trials and times of trouble to complain and put our heart before God and get it out, but we have to land in verse 12. We've got to keep moving through this process and say, God, rise up. That's what's the difference between a godly complaint and just regular complaining, is that godly complaint leads you to God. Regular complaining just leads us to ourselves. This psalmist's complaints redirect his heart towards God, and that's the difference between godly complaint and just venting rather than allowing the painful experiences to mark them, to go over them like a blanket and define their life. When someone goes through something painful and they don't have God, it just becomes all-encompassing and it marks them. It's what speaks them. It's what gives their life direction because they can't get past this pain. But when you have godly lament and Jesus Christ is your Savior and he's living in your life, you have a way to do something with the pain that allows it not to define who you are. What a gift we have in lament. Laying your complaints before God will bring you life and peace instead of bitterness and a dungeon of anger on your soul. When we don't have that, that's the net result. When you don't have Christ living in you, that's the net result. And what I've seen so many times with us as Christians is when we don't know about this thing called lament, it's like we have Christ living within us. We have a way to deal with pain, but we never exercise and use it because we never heard about it and know what it is. Lament is a beautiful thing that we have to get really, really good at. And to simplify this whole thing called lament, here's this one statement. In dark and difficult times, simply tell God what's going on in your soul. How do you get your heart right? You need to get your heart right. I look in my heart and there's all this pain. What do I do? Simply tell God what's going on in your soul. Have a conversation with him. Bring that before him. Your mind, your heart, your emotions. This will set you free. This will set you free from bitterness and anger. Do you notice when someone hurts you deeply and it seems like Anything after that that person does is wrong. You have this like filter, this coloring that colors that person and they can't do anything right. And they, they could like give to the poor and you say, ah, oh, well, they should have gave more than that. You see, when anger is not dealt with in a godly way, it defines us, it puts a covering over us that causes us to behave in ways God never intended us to behave. What lament does as a gift is gives us a place where we can dump all that pain and that hurt. And God can come and fill us with his power and his spirit to live the way he wants us to. As I close, I want to give us five key practices to godly complaint. Five key practices to godly complaint. How do you do this in the right way? How do we complain in a way that leads to life? Number one, write out your complaints. I encourage you one by one, talk with God about them, write them down, get a journal, get a piece of paper. Uh, I encourage you to chuck the paper if it's not in a journal afterwards so no one picks it up and sees what you're writing about. But write them out, get them down, make this a regular practice. Use this in your quiet times, and your devotional times. That's what's been so helpful for me in this process of learning lament. I've used this in my times with God. I write out complaints in my journal. That makes your quiet time and your time with God, not just as mental exercise, but a heartfelt connection. Now you're starting to be personal with God. Now you're starting to have that relationship with Him because when you get with your friends and you're hurting, what do you do if it's a close, dear friend? You'll begin to share the pain in your life. Well, When you get together with God, who loves you more so than any human ever can, and you start unloading what's going on in your heart, there's a connection that happens. A communion that happens you begin to walk with God in a deeper way than you ever have as you meet with God check your heart and if there's pain there write it down in a journal and talk with God about it number two come humble come humble if you're going to complain to God it must be done with a humble heart we can ask God pain-filled questions very difficult things. As long as we do it humbly and not in prideful anger we have to be careful when we bring complaint to God proud demanding questions from a heart that feels like God you owe me will never lead you to trust and healing it'll keep you in the cycle so we come humble one phrase i love about this it says come with your pain but not your pride come with your pain but not your pride. Number three, pray the Bible. Have you ever hurt so bad that you can't even pray? Have you ever hurt so bad that you can't even go before God and say, I know I have. The beautiful thing about the scripture is even when you don't speak, you can open up the Bible and just read it and read it back to God like a prayer. There's at least 20 complaining psalms that are why and how questions that we pulled out as a resource to you. It's on our resource page on our website. I encourage you to go there, see the 20 complaining questions in the psalms. And if you're hurting to a point where you can't even pray, just take that sheet out and just start reading those psalms. Just pray those back to God. Let that be your prayer back to God. And in doing so, you allow your soul to enter into what is written here in the Bible. You see, this isn't just a plain old book. This is God speaking his word to you, knowing how you can guide your life. And when you come and you pray, there is power here from our creator to you. Number four, be honest. Be honest with God. Lament and godly complaint will not work unless you are honest with God about your hurts your fears, and your frustration. He's the perfect father. You can talk with him. Jesus did this on the cross. He brought his questions, his complaints. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus was, the, was more intimate with the father than any one of us ever will be. He was God himself, three in one. And he yet brought complaint before God the father. God is not shocked by our emotions and our pain. And if you need a place to start, like how do I even start this whole prayer process, you can say this, God, I know you're not this, but it feels like you are today. God, I know you're not abandoning me, but it feels like you are today. God, I know that you're not uh, mean, but it feels like you are today. Humbly bring that request from God. Be honest with him. And number five, don't get stuck. You should never skip the process of complaint and lament. However, it doesn't stop there either. You should never get stuck there. Lament is a process from turning to God, giving Him your complaint, asking Him to move, and then trusting Him. It's a process that we're supposed to move through. Lament is not an excuse To wallow in frustrations, it's a river where you move from one practice to the next, ending up in a deeper level of trust with God. Don't get stuck in the river on the rock of complaint. You have to keep moving. Sometimes you have to go through surgery to be healed, right? Surgery is like complaint. Healing is trust. You don't ever want to just stop and live in a state of surgery the rest of your life. If you never move beyond complaint, you will never be healed. As Christians, we never complain just to complain. Instead, we bring our complaints to God and allow Him to draw us closer. My pastor, youth pastor's wife, Mary, said, you need to get your heart right. How do we do that? We get alone with God. We walk out these practices, and we... receive an amazing benefit. One person that I was talking to who started doing this, you know what they said? They said, as I wrote out my complaints and I talked to the Lord about them, it was surprising how they lost their hold on me. When I wrote out my complaints and I talked to God, all of a sudden it surprised me that the way that I felt them grab onto my soul and my heart, these hurts and these pains that I carry, it's like all of a sudden they lost their grip. All of a sudden I could be the person God wants me to be. Lament brings freedom. Lament brings healing. Lament strengthens our heart. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this gift called Lament. And God, I just ask that you would help us as a church to become really, really good at this. I pray that Crossview Church, that one of the things that we'd be marked with internally is that we'd be a people whose relationship with you is not superficial, whose relationship with you is not something done out of religious duty, but whose relationship with you is so connected and strong and deep because we've walked through the experience of bringing you our pain and seeing you pull us through to the other side of that, proving yourself to be trustworthy because that's who you are. God, help us to walk in this deeply. Let this not be just another sermon series that we forget, but let this be something that marks us as your people. We need you to do that, and I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.